we got a lot of good things ahead of us this year. Honestly, we do. I've been, uh, when I, I read autobiographies, I love reading stories about people and their lives and how everything plays out. And so I read three books last week. I read Roger Federer's book, you know, the tennis guy. And he, uh, he clearly has made a lot of money playing tennis and smacking a little yellow ball across the net because he gets it over the net more than other guys and doesn't need it into the net. And then I read Sia Kulisi's book. You know, do you know that on the morning of the World Cup final, on the 21st of October 2019, he was in his room praying, and he says, every morning I pray, and I spend half an hour with the Lord, and I pray and I read my Bible, and he says, I was so loud and praying in tongues and just going for it before the Lord. And his wife walked in with the kids after they come back and said, no, no, dad's still busy, we'll give dad some more time, and they left the room. And he was praying in tongues, that's why we won. Man, come on, eh? Oak was worshiping, having an encounter with the Lord before the final. Sure. No, it helps. I don't know. In English, guys, I don't know if you guys were doing that because I don't think Farrell was praying in tongues before the meeting or the meeting, the game, you know. And then I read um, Johnny Clegg's book, which was very interesting, but also quite sad because he doesn't know the truth. Amazing guy. And it made me, you know, I love reading about stories about guys and their lives and you know, often how people make it in life, it's not, it's not always down to all they knew and how good they were. It comes down to little opportunities they had with somebody or something, and it sparked them. It's, it it comes with these minute little moments. Yes, like Federer practiced, and he did, but he was recognized by somebody. Someone said, yeah, he has a chance, and they put him, and he, and he proved himself. Same with Sia. And he was half South African. And he was half South African. That's right. <laughs> that, that is a big part of the book, you know. That's right. And it's the same with Johnny Clegg. They, he met this guy and they were writing songs. And, he, uh, and they wrote one song and the radios didn't want to play it because he was singing English and Zulu in the same song. And they were like, you can't have two languages, bro. Well, it's one or the other. And some guy and some, they won some award and the song got played out to five million people in South Africa in 1985, whenever it was. And all of a sudden he hit it. It's just little moments. Little moments. And after reading there's the people's lives, and we look at people's lives, we see celebrities all the time in their lives and the ups and downs that they have and their influences and all that they do. But you know what I uh, left after reading all those stories? I'm so grateful that I'm saved. Yes. That I'm part of God's chosen tribe. Yes. And I don't have to try and outperform him and to try and prove myself to him because he's done it all. Righteousness is a gift to me. And I have security in a world that is throwing choices at me options at me all the time things keep coming at you keep coming at you and then when people are asking questions about life and all those things different religions start becoming like that's how johnny's johnny clegg's journey was he just got entrenched into the zulu culture out of intrigue and just got caught up in it are we sorting this mic out bro and there's options you can be a buddhist you can be you can turn to islam you can, all these Eastern religions, all of them are, will meet you at some point in time when you're asking questions, and it will seemingly answer some question for you, but it never gives you the full truth. Always leaves you short, always leaves you working hard. Ours is the only religion that you don't have to work harder to earn at all. <laughs> now I explained, I preached, years ago I preached a sermon on, on like running the race, and we are the only religion that you actually start at the finish line. Like every other religion, you've got to run this and then try and get it and then get something for what you did. No, we start at the end because he's done it all. 
if we got like a head start on everybody. I'm just so glad that I'm a child of the living God. That no matter what we face on this earth, no matter that will come our way, no matter if the mountains fall in, no matter if the sea disappears, no matter if whatever, I'm a child of God. And that's the thing that's got to hold us and assure us with all the challenges that are facing in the world right now and all that we walk through. And I'm not lost. I'm secure. And I love, I love this verse. You see, when we, when we understand the truths of who our God is, you read John 1, and this is just an intro. I'm just rambling now. I'll get into what I want to say. This is 1 John 1. I love, I love this passage because it brings to life what we believe. And he says, this was from the beginning, which we have heard. We heard him speak, which we have seen with our eyes. He was right in front of us, which we have looked at and looked upon and have touched with our hands <laughs> concerning the word of life. The life that was made manifest, we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, which has been seen and heard and proclaimed to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Cononia, that's the word cononia, fellowship with us, and indeed our cononia with the Father, the fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. Guys, don't ever let hold of or let go of that truth that we're saved. We have been redeemed. You're, I was just reading in, in Deuteronomy, I think it's about eight, and it speaks about that you're not going to do any of this by your own righteousness, that God's saying to them. It's, it's, you're not going to get this right. That's where Paul gets a lot of that from, that our righteousness is a gift to us now. Stop trying so hard to please God and rest in Him and trust Him, knowing that you're assured that He is. Now, we sing these songs about the victory and yes, I know we are secure in our faith and we have all this assurance, but you know what? There's things in our hands that we can control when it comes to having victory, when it comes to how we walk and live out on this earth here in life. There are things in your hands that he's done it all for you, but he's asking of you and how you respond and how you live accordingly to what he's asked us here on this earth and what we face and we walk through, okay? But if we look at the world... A lot of what goes around, around, and all the things that play us, a lot of it is out of our hands. Okay? So you think of all the things that are taking place around the world. Think about inflation. Okay? Who of you can please take a project this year and stop inflation? <laughs> Quibus, you look like the right oak. You know? No. No, no one's going to stop inflation, right? It's out of our hands. Okay? When we look at, say, corruption in our nation, and not just this nation, the governments of the world. It's out of our hands a little bit, because it's in their hands, our money, <laughs> our tax money. But it's out of our, you, you can't do anything to necessarily change it. We're trusting now that Elzondo's hand-delivering the report, or a third of the report to Ramaphosa on Tuesday, that things now, righteousness and justice will prevail, and we're trusting, but it's still out of our hands. We're trusting other people here. Okay, when you think of this country and the violence and the murder and the rape that are, that are playing down and the theft that takes place, it's out of our hands. It's very difficult to stop and to change. There's so much outside of that. And that but as I said here, when we start, we don't start this year aimlessly looking all that and freaking out. Like I was trying to do on Christmas Day was to flip the script a little bit. We so get caught up in the narrative of the world 
and all the things that are playing out and we get caught up and woe is me, oh, everything's just going against me all the time. Yes, it is. But actually, that's not the perspective that you need to look at the world from. That's not how we're supposed to view things. We've got to look at through our identity of who we are in Christ as the people of a living God who now lives inside of us. It changes everything. Because last year was a challenging year. It was tough. That fast we did in September was difficult for me. Eh? Because it, 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 it was like hard work to kind of be spiritual in a way. Because it, 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 it required something of me. It was effort to put in. Because emotionally I was just, God, I'm just so tired. I'm so worn out, so tired of what we're facing. The barrage of stuff. And it's not just churches. I was listening to a radio guy, the other, Aiden Thomas, whatever his name is, with Clarence Ford that got kicked off Heart FM for 24 years. And he was saying, you know what, everyone, this year has been really difficult. I'm like, it has been. But then I'm, I have a friend who said, you know what, 2021 was my best year ever. I'm like, where the hang were you living, bro? <laughs> Tell me about it. See, it's different for everyone. But we all faced a lot of stuff here. It's how you look at it, how you view it and how we face it and how the, the challenges that are, that are ahead of us. And I want to, I want to, unpack something in this month of January about blessing, about living in blessing, about being a blessing, about speaking blessing over circumstances, over things and how that plays out. And I want to unpack this over the next few weeks because I really believe this is a narrative that we as the people of God need to understand and need to learn to live from as we flip the script, as we turn it upside down and we realize we don't live in the kingdoms of this world, we live for the kingdom of our God, which you've heard that term over and over again, which is like an upside down kingdom. It doesn't make sense. So when you're in lack, you give. What? That doesn't make sense. But that's the economy of God. Okay? When you are crying out for love, you give love. It's always the, it's requiring something of you that seems to be the opposite. And blessing is just like this. That's why I'm saying there's things in our hands. There's a lot of things that are out of our hands. But there's a lot of stuff that's in your hands that you, not to control, but you actually have the power in you to ensure that you live a blessed life. Although you're still blessed, even if you don't do it. But there's more blessing. And there's more favor. And that's what, that's what it means when the ecclesia is arising. And we're not just sitting quiet anymore and just holding on. There's this arising that's taking place in our hearts, believing for the things of God. So that, that word blessing. Now, when you read the Bible, you realize that we read the Bible, it's broken up into chapters and verses. Okay, but it was never, when it was written from the very beginning in Genesis, it was never meant to be broken up. That's for us to be able to say, turn to Genesis 5 verse 3. But the whole point of the Bible it was broken up into um, parts of stories and carried themes through the word of God. So if a theme, say, now I'm talking about blessing. The theme of blessing came very early in the Bible. And then when God was saying those things, he was meaning things that carries a thread through the whole Bible, right up to Jesus, right through the New Testament to how we know how the story ends. So take, take the word blessing. Right near the beginning, God says these things. He says in Genesis 1.22, he blessed the fish and the birds of the air, and he said, be fruitful, multiply, and he blessed them. Says that word, and he blessed them. He said, fill the waters. 
He said in Genesis 1.28, after he had created Adam and Eve, and he says he created them, he blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply. Okay? And then in Genesis 2.3, he says he blessed the seventh day and called it holy. Okay, now we can go into the root meaning of blessed and find out what it means, but he's saying something there. So those three things right in the beginning when he said, be blessed, okay? When he said over the fish and the waters of the sea, he was meaning abundance and never a shortfall. Go and fill, multiply, be plentiful. So when we read the word blessed through any time in the word of God, we must think of abundance. When, when he said to Adam and Eve, be blessed, be fruitful and multiply, and he says, take dominion and subdue the earth. When he's saying be blessed, it also means part of ruling. Okay, and being part of God's blessing is to rule. The ecclesia sets a tone. Okay, so it's not just, oh, we're blessed and we're sat on a cloud. No, we set order. And he said, it says they subdue the earth. Okay, and then the last one, and he blessed the seventh day, meaning rest. Rest is part of his blessing to us. Like I said, and we're leading up into December, it's not lazy. Don't be lazy now. Nah, we'll just, we don't do anything spiritual. I won't read my Bible. I won't pray. I won't do anything. I'm on holiday now. Leave me alone. That's not rest. That's lazy. Rest is in God. Rest is blessed. That rhymes. We can make a song out of that. Yeah. Okay. So when we see the word blessed or blessing, we think of abundance. We think of ruling and reigning. And we think of the rest in God. Now, everywhere you read that word, that's what God's implying when he's saying these things, implying those things. Okay, that's out of the order of blessing. So here we are. In our time, we're embarking on a new year. And as I said to you, many of us have peeked around the corner and are wondering. And I think Kathleen's word's true. There's nothing, we, when we walk in the things of God, what was behind you is gone. He, he doesn't remind us of that. He uses that to strengthen us, to show us His faithfulness, to show us who He is. The enemy reminds you of all the negative stuff. Yeah, but did you see how you were there? That's why you still smell like fire there, but hey, how you dealt with your wife, what you did with your money, what you did in the quiet that nobody saw. He's reminding you of that stuff. God's not to eat that. God says to you, your best days are ahead of you. And we look ahead to 2022 with faith and understanding that God is for us in every way. And what was? It might still be there. They might still be lingering, struggling with family issues, challenges. They're still there. But it's perspective. It's how we walk through them. It's how we face the fire. It's how we see the waters get parted in front of us as we go through. Okay, and I think today is very important that we set our perspectives right about how we approach this year. Because I think if, if, if ever there's a year that we are starting with, like, okay, well, let's just see how this plays out. I'm not going to get too excited here because last year, I mean, the, the first week of January, I had three funerals last year. That was an interesting start. And I just carried on going, carried on going. And we're not the only ones. Everyone's, we faced stuff different. You can't even kind of verbalize it sometimes of what it was. I say to people, spiritually, I feel the best and greatest vision we're feeling for the bay that I have in eight years. But emotionally, I'm tanked out. And I'm trying to find that my emotions will meet my spirituality means I needed rest. Just to take it easy. So I ignored the WhatsApps. I ignored my phone for a while. 
and you get my automatic reply there if you send me a message. Just so I've seen it. But you've got to, we find it's balance. And rest brings balance. Spiritually, emotionally, physically. As you walk through the things of God. And like I said on Christmas Day, is that for us to have a fresh, a, a, not a fresh, a perspective on how we go forward, we have to have the basics of how we believe things are played out. Firstly, origin. God rules all everything. It's all in God and through God. Okay, then your identity is played out through the origin of him being the creator of all things. This is what Johnny Clegg says in his book. Because he clearly didn't want to, he was a Jewish, Jewish, grew up in a Jewish family. He didn't want to acknowledge these things because he went to Shul one day and it was boring. It was just all these old men and generations, he had no interest in it. But he speaks in his book about when we are on this earth and the universe, we're trying to figure out who we are. He says, then you have the God problem. Okay, and he puts God in inverted commas. Because now with God, it's seeming like everything, what we're all trying to do in life is to figure out our purpose. And that's an ongoing journey until you are not on this earth anymore. How lost. You see, what we have is identity, which brings about the morality and the way we live and what we do. See, Desmond Tutu, great man, but he was a moralist. Essentially, he had some weird theology, people. He had some strange stuff that wasn't, what the Lord had instituted about his church. Okay, great man. There's no regard to that. I'm, I'm sure he's saved and recognizes who Jesus is, but he only achieved that here on earth. What does he say when he faces God now? There's the test. That's when you, where everything you do on earth counts. For that moment. I don't care if Tiger Woods or Federer have earned over a billion US dollars in their careers. It only means something in the short time on earth. And we don't live for there. We don't live for now. We don't live for this. We live for the story that we know how it ends. So much bigger, you see. See, when you change your perspective, you flip the script a little bit, and you don't get caught up in the little, oh, whoa, 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 actually, whoa, wait a second. Yes, it is challenging, but perspectives change things. And then your purpose becomes clear. And then you know your destiny is rooted and lived in God, that forever you will reign with Him in glory. But we stand firm. We hold out today. We, we believe. We trust for this year that he's got good things in store for us. You see, when 1 John 4, and he says, the verse I want to pull out there, you'll see it now. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is written 2,000 years ago. It's like it could have been for last year. But this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. It is prevalent in our world today. It's got heightened in these last two years. Ephesians, um, uh, Isaiah 5, 20, 21, that you will now start calling what is good evil and what is evil good. We're there. Okay, well, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now is in the world already. And he's writing, he says, little children, you are from God and have, have overcome them. And this is what I want to, our perspective and how we see things. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. 
when you read the news and you look at News 24 and you watch all these things, you filter it through the eyes of who's speaking here. What spirit is speaking here? When you listen to music, there's that song that always gets me of this is that um, uh, Mike and the Mechanics that wrote that song, In the Living Years. It's like, you know that song? Everyone knows that song, In the Living Years. You know what? If you keep listening to that song, you know what? You will pick up on the spirit of regret. Because he didn't do enough when his dad was alive. And everyone sings it going, oh man, what a song, what a song. I get what he's trying to say, but you pick up on the spirit that's on the song. That's how they transfer. You test them, say, no, I don't partner with that. Great song. I remember standing with one guy who says, yeah, if only my kids would do that for me. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> nice song. Clearly you got issues, pal. Okay. We are in John 17. Jesus, this is Jesus' words when he's praying for his disciples. And I'm not, and he says, I have given them your word. He's speaking to the Father. And the world has hated them. Are we ready for the world to keep hating us? We want to be loved by everybody. In the last two years, I think more and more resilience has kicked in me. I don't care what the world thinks about us right now as the church. Yeah. Uh, it is going, the, the, the separating is going to continue as it goes. It's going to get like this. He says, the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. And I do not ask you to take them out of the world. See that? He's not saying, God, get me out of the world. I don't want to be here. He's put us here. But this is the line he says. But that you keep them from the evil one. That he protects us. Because there is an enemy. Who I've said here a thousand times, he does not really like you. He really detests you because you stand in the image of Almighty God. And when he looks at you, he sees God. Okay? So you must remember that we, as we approach this year, we look from the inside looking out. So you're like, no, no, you got that wrong. You're from the outside looking in. No, no, we've got the truth. We've got the answers. We've got the fulfillment. When I went to Israel in 2012, the guys that we were with there on, on Mount Carmel, and he did some teaching there, it was fantastic. He said, you guys have come to Israel looking from the inside, looking out. I was like, wow, what does that mean? Many tourists go to Israel, and you tour around from the outside, looking in. Wow, look where Jesus stood. Wow, this is amazing. And it's just touring around and seeing the amazing stuff. From the inside means, he says, You've come through the church's eyes. You are looking at Israel through the church, through what Jesus has called over this nation. And you are from the inside looking out. We people as the ecclesia are on the inside. We are the ones that are secure. We are the ones that don't have to have fear. We are the ones that live in victory. We are the ones that are assured that no matter what happens, all you can take from me is my life. But that doesn't mean I die. It means I reign with Him in glory. The assurance that I have over me means I'm on the inside track. I've got the full story here. And I'm looking out to the world that is deceived and broken and trying to deceive others and to pull them in through the spirit of the Antichrist that is playing out through the world right now. You see your perspective and how we look and how we say in things? And that's why I say to you, the power of blessing is in your hands. Actually, it's in your heart and your mouth, but it's in your hands. Okay, you see what I'm saying? It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. 
You decide how you want to approach this year. You decide in your own heart how you want to look. Because when we look at a new year, we all have this like, the diary clicks over and the clock turns and we all have this fresh, okay, right, here we go, fresh year. And that's not a bad thing. It's like turning a chapter and going, what was Rod telling me? I mean, this last year was the five, last year was the 500th year of celebrating Luther's, uh, the reformation that took place 500 years ago. Last year, I think last year he celebrated that. 500 years is an era in time. The era has closed. And we now, the prophets have been saying for the last year and a half, it's a new era. And it's behind us. We don't smell of that era anymore. We walk into this new era, believing and trusting God for fresh and great things. Because our hope in Him is this perpetual belief that He will do good for us. That's our hope. And He'll never let us down. He'll never fail us. What's the song we sing? And He's never lost a battle. He's taken on many fights. He hasn't lost one of them yet. All by knockout. Every single one. That's right. Okay. So I want to I challenge us this year. And these, if there's going to be two themes that we carry through this year, one is going to be prayer, because prayer watches are going to be something we're all going to get a part of. And, and I've said, just give us time and patience. Everybody will be involved in something of prayer. Okay, there are already about 16 prayer groups that are running at different times during the week. Okay, that is what God is going to, He's shown us to walk into and just to believe and trust what comes from that. Just do what He says, pray. The second thing, is blessing and how you speak it how you think it what you say and how things play out around your own life because i want to tell you the power of blessing is in your hands you decide if you want to walk in this or not or get stuck in the narrative of the world because you're not in the world we've just read a few verses reminding you of that eh? you're not in you're from the inside looking out and seeing all the chaos from a place of peace, security, and assurance. The reality is, if we are honest with ourselves, and someone said this line to me many years ago, and it helped me, and I want, it, I want you to be able to start seeing your thoughts. Okay, so meaning you start taking cognitive understanding of what you're thinking. So when we approach a new year, we have different thought processes about what we're going to face, how we're going to deal with stuff, and how they come about. Okay? Most, most times we think negatively. I think there's a stat I read somewhere. It's like 90% of the time we think negatively. So at the end of the meeting, a thought would have, for me, I'd be like, okay, flip, I'm tired. Let's just go home. It's negative. It's negative. It's always on the negative side, Okay? So let's read some verses that will help us to unpack this, and I'm going to leave this, this challenge with you guys. Okay, Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, so let's think about some things here. When we talk about your annoying brother-in-law, or you think about him, what are your thoughts? Annoying is the word, annoyed, or sister-in-law, or uncle, 
or mother or grandmother or some family relationship, when you think about them, it's negative. Okay? When you talk about your boss at work and the pain they are, I've done it, and, I, and I'm preaching to myself here, okay? We've all done this, okay? So let's just stop trying to be religious and sweet and kind, yeah? We've all done this, okay? All speak about your boss. Not you, Charlene. He's a great guy. Yeah. Okay, when you belittle the company you work for because you just are so fed up with the way they treat you and how things are and you just like your job. You're thinking now tomorrow, oh, Monday. Starting work again, beginning of the year. I wish I could have a holiday like everyone else longer. Oh, I hate my job. See, it's just negative. I'm just, I'm just bringing forth the obvious, okay, that we all think like that because I've all, we've all done it, okay? I remember when I used to lead worship on Sunday nights, and it was awesome. Two and a half hours of glory, and then a sales meeting on Monday morning at 8 o'clock in Pardon Island. I was like, irrelevant. This is irrelevant. I don't care how many alarms I need to try and sell in this next week. I really don't care. And then you get on with it. But it started with negative. Okay? You speak of the government. And the chaos that has ensued over the last years. Cyril, how Cyril. And you talk about him, but your first thought is negative. Okay? I'm just highlighting obvious here. You speak of the previous church that you were part of and the leadership and how they were. Oh. Oh, man, <laughs> people have said some things about us, but it's okay. We all, we've all done that. Unfortunately, I've only been in the same church for 28 years, so I can't speak about the previous church. Anyway, okay? And when you speak of that person that wronged you, oh, they wronged me, eh? Oh, and then they rejected me and they hurt me, the pain they caused me. Now, I've forgiven them. I've forgiven them. Man, it hurt me. These are all just a few highlights of something we've all faced. Not one of us here, okay, can say, no, nah, I've never done any of that, because then you're a liar. <laughs> and you mustn't lie in the church of, in the house of God at all places. <laughs> let's be true with ourselves. Okay, as we begin 2022, let's be true. Let's be authentic. Okay? We're not trying to put on a, and I know, yeah, we don't put on a religious show. Okay, it's not all higher and holier and mightier than the, oh, brother, praise God. It's not. We, we're authentic here. We, we go through ups and downs. But let's start the year truthfully. Okay. So let's read Matthew 12, 33 and 34. It says, Yeah, tree is known by its fruit. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. So if the ecclesia is a tree, it's going to be known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. Gentle language spoken in the Bible. Gentle stuff. How can you speak good when you are evil? Here's the key verse. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth blurts forth, speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words... You will be justified. Wow, it looks like I've got to do something here. Really? By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. But the Lord doesn't condemn, He convicts. Well, there's an enemy He's listening to, and He's going to remind and He's going to condemn you. Okay? 
It's just a simple verse in Matthew 12 for us to understand. Here's the catch verse. 1 Peter 3, 8 to 9. He's speaking about suffering for righteousness' sake. Okay, and how we walk in the things of God. He says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, and a tender heart. Oh, those are good things. And a humble mind. That means thinking about yourself humbly. What am I, what's my dad's line? He says, the thing I'm most proud of is my humility. <laughs> hey? Okay? A tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil. Okay? Or reviling for reviling, meaning criticism for your criticism. How dare you? Well, you too then. Okay? But on the contrary, and here is where it's in our hands for us to carry and walk through this. Bless. He says, but on the contrary, comma, bless, comma, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and to see good days, see him from keeping his tongue from evil and his lip from speaking deceit, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. There's a little catch there. But on the contrary, bless. Speak blessing. Here's the, here's the reward. Here's, the, here's the what you get back for when you do it. For to this you were called to bless and to be a blessing, so that you may obtain a blessing. Wow. That's interesting. So I will get something back if I bless. So we go right to the back to the beginning. When God blessed and what he meant with blessing, he spoke about abundance. He spoke about order and rule. He spoke about rest. Wow, all that will encompass in my heart and my life if I choose to bless. Hmm. I want to quote from a book that I've read in regards to this. That I met a guy I met on a call last year, a guy called Richard Burton. He's a Australian. Lovely man, Sheila. <laughs> okay, and I want to quote from his book here. He says, so from the outflow of the heart, so the mouth speaks. So he reads this, he says, so out of a critical heart speaks a critical tongue. And from a self-righteous heart, a judgmental tongue. An ungrateful heart, a complaining tongue. And so on and so on and so on. And similarly, lustful hearts bear corresponding fruit the world is full of negative speaking the media spews it out day after day human nature being what it is we tend to offer not to speak well over people and situations it doesn't seem to come naturally to us we often wait until people are dead before we say nice things about them that is so true and it's so sad however the good treasure that he speaks there in Matthew, springs out of, a, out of loving hearts that will speak with a gracious tongue from peaceful hearts, a reconciling tongue, and so on. So the statement, and those who love it will eat its fruit, suggests that what we reap is what we're going to sow, uh, be it good or bad. In other words, you will get what you say. Words, and he says, what do you think of that? So a while ago, sometime last year, we spoke on that formula, if there's ever a formula, seed, 
time and harvest. Whatever you sow, at some point, you're going to reap that harvest. And I want to put a challenge to us this year. That we choose to speak blessing. Okay, so I'm saying you speak blessing over your spouse. You speak blessing over your family, over your children. You speak blessing over your workplace. You speak blessing over this church community. You speak blessing over our government. You speak blessing over what God has got in store and what we believe Him for. Because what it's doing is, it flips the narrative. We get caught up, and I know we've all been caught in this in the last year. We've all experienced this, okay? And here's, here's the crunch. You see, forgiveness is the root. Okay, for you to be able to do this, okay, and I'm going to preach more into this. Anton's preaching next week. We're going to be away. But on the 15th, I want to unpack this a little bit more for us. Okay, forgiveness is the root. So if you've forgiven people, and we've all been wronged by people, forgiveness is the powerful thing that unhooks the, the, the doorway for the enemy to come in and cause bitterness, jealousy, hatred, all those things, anger. Forgiveness is key. Now flip it. Speak blessing over your enemy. That's why Jesus said these words. He says, bless those who curse you. Try, try and do that. We, we did it last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, share now. Was his fault. So Sheldon had been doing this this journey with bless you, Kathleen. Blessing, <laughs> and um, <laughs> he had been sharing with me about the power of blessing, which I totally understood. And he and he said, no, he'd been doing it in the car. Just you know, when you're in the ministry, people really do come after you sometimes, and you you know you've got to forgive, and then um, you've got to bless them. I've done the forgiving really well, but the blessing, whew, that's like, that's a bit harder. And also, it's, oh, may God just, God just bless them, Lord. Just, just you bless them, Lord Jesus. But the difference came in is where I had to bless them. Yeah. I bless so-and-so. I command the blessing because of the authority given to me. And so one evening, Sheldon said, do, do you want to do that? And I've got a few people that I need to bless and some family members too. And I started to say, Lord, I bless this person. I bless you in your going out and your coming in. And as I started to do that, there was a moment of like, oh, this is so hard. But it was a split second and it just became so easy and something just lifted off. It was just an amazing thing. And the following day, and we got money put into our account. And then the, the following day, some more money came. And I'm not saying, oh, that's how you get money. But I'm saying that is the blessing of God, that when you truly, truly are able to bless your enemies, God's like, there you go. There you go. There's the abundance. That's my blessing that I'm pouring out to you. So that's just something personally that happened to us, that as we go on this journey this month, clock in. Don't. Don't give over responsibility to God. Of God, you just play. You God, you, I know you're just going to bless them. You do it, and something will break. Well said. That's what I'm going to unpack a little bit more on the 15th. That responsibility, because you see, you can forgive people, 
And okay, let's, let's look at our country, this, the history and the story of South Africa. You look at South Africa, it can become quite disillusioning sometimes with what we face and the disparity of society and the way things are playing out. We've had 25 whatever years of democracy and we're like, really, is this, is this all we've got to show for it? You know, 70% of our youth, meaning an 18 to maybe a 26-year-old is unemployed. Unemployed in South Africa right now. We've got challenges ahead of us. And what that can breed inside of us is a way we look at equality, the way we look at our lives and our nations. So we become bitter, we become, become disillusioned, we become frustrated, become jealous, angry, resentful. There are many, many, many emotions. But it's learning to compartmentalize all of those and to speak a blessing. And you think about our country, the blessing we can speak over this nation of South Africa, which has <laughs> got history and miracles of stories over and over again, because that's who God is to us. Okay? And if we want to see the change, we've got to start speaking the change, we've got to start thinking the change, and we have to be the change. And if we can start just with one place with our words, just start there. And all I'm doing is opening up this can of worms for you now. Because you're going to go away from here and suddenly realize how negatively you think all the time. And I ask God that He, he shows you that. Okay? Because it's, it's, it's quite a scary thing when you start seeing your thoughts. And you start realizing, man, I'm stuck in a rut. It's so negative. So I want to say to you, okay, change your perspective. You're on the inside looking out. You're a child of God, not woe is me, where's my life, what's going to happen? You're a child saved, redeemed, set free. You are whole, you are with the, you're in the kingdom of God, you are a part of the ecclesia that's arriving. Change your attitude. Get over yourself. Okay, your life's not worse than anyone else's. Okay? And I know for many pastors this year, there's a crowd, oh, it's been so difficult. I'm like, you know what? Everyone's life's been difficult this year. Everyone just wants to be heard, that's all. And no one's being heard because everyone's struggling, so no one's talking about it to each other because we're done. Okay? We all struggled. Change your attitude. Get over yourself. Okay? Change the narrative. Change the narrative in your thinking where it starts. Right over there in your heart. Reading. <laughs> this is quite funny, actually. This is the last thing, and I'll wrap it up here. Okay? In, in Johnny Keg's book, they spoke about, like when, um, what's his name? Barnard. Chris Barnard did the heart transplant. But you know what they tried before that? They took a baboon's heart and put it into a human, thinking that the, hopefully this person would live. But then all the Zulu Oaks had a lack of luck at this. Because they were like, you know what? This, baboon, this heart in this man now is going to cry for the, cry for the mountains. <laughs> this heart of this man is going to cry after things that aren't human. And he went on and on. It's quite funny when I read this because the, the seat of a man is his heart. You can't put an animal heart in a man and think a heart's got memory. So from the overflow of your heart, so your mouth speaks, which starts with the thinking and how you processed it. I mean, can imagine just sitting at the lunch table, he says, that heart's going to respond differently to the meat that's put in front of him. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so true. They had a big lack of luck about it. And he says they were laughing. He was laughing, but the Oaks were laughing because they got serious about this. Because actually, you can't, you can't play with that stuff. See, from the overflow of your heart. So what we have to do in this year with our narratives and our attitude and our perspective and how we face 2022 is we have to adopt love. 
We have to have the depth of love in our hearts for people, for ourselves, for our mighty God in whom we serve and love. We have to adopt hope. We have to live from the place of this perspective of hope. We have to adopt faith and live from the place because we're on the inside looking out, okay? And being the change in your own life, in your family, in your work environment, in this country is being a blessing wherever you go, okay? And as we bless, as you bless, now I'll unpack this a little bit more, I'll get into words and understanding all that, watch faith arise in your heart as you just learn to bless circumstances, people, things that play out. You know, the prophet said about 2020 in this decade, this decade is, they say, the decade of the mouth. Now think, think of so much that's been spewed out there of the spirit of the Antichrist. So if we want to partner with God saying through the prophets of being a decade of the mouth, let's start speaking blessing. Let's start releasing that. And I'll give you some tools. I will go through this over the next few weeks, okay? Okay? And we'll talk more into this month as we, as we journey with this. So I really trust God you, will help you to see your thoughts, to see your thinking, and the harsh reality of how negative they can be. So I want to end off as I read the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, verses 2 to 11. And it says, and it says, the Beatitude, and it says, Jesus, and he opened his mouth. Interesting how it says that. And he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall and will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Wow. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely, and I love this, on my account, saying Jesus. I'm sorry, he says it's because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When we say that word blessed, Okay, this is what it's meaning, meaning great happiness, prosperity, abundant goodness, and delight. It's like almost wrapping up the words of bliss. Man, it's awesome for those who pursue righteousness. Those when, you know, when you say ugly and evil things against me, <laughs> I'm blessed. Right? That's how we're going to stand this year. And, I, and I, wanna, I wanted to take the offering at the end of the service. Because now, as you bring in two rand, one rand, hundred rand, two hundred rand, whatever, I want every single person to put something in the basket, whatever it is. And as you come in here and you put it down, you are going to say, my finances are blessed this year. Because it's coming from a pure heart. You're not doing to get something back. You are in honor of Almighty God who says, I am blessed. The economy of the world is clearly against us. But we don't live in that economy we trust it. We are on the inside looking out. And we say, God, with our offerings this morning, 
We say we are blessed. We bless this community. You bless my finances. May I prosper this year as I walk in the things of God. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's stand together. We can pray. Did you take the money out of my wallet? No, my. Okay. Okay, well, it's our money. We'll just do it together. Just give me, give me one of them. Give me one of them. <laughs> yeah. You got another one. I've got one in my wallet. Yeah. Okay. That's no, fine. Yeah. Let's just pray as we wrap up. Father, we want to thank you that we are blessed yes, Lord. because it's your promise to us. Yeah. It's what you've spoken over us. So from the authority that we have in our own hearts, I speak a blessing over everyone's heart here today. I speak a blessing over your health. I bless that you would prosper in your, in, your, in your finances this year. I bless your relationships and your families, that they would prosper, that you would know the, the, the fulfillment and the goodness of God. The delight in your heart would brew forth so much good and goodness from the blessing of God that will flow over your heart, over your family, and over your workplace. And we just release that in the name of Jesus. So Father, as we give now, we want to thank you that we all, from our own mouths, speak a blessing over our finances, and we speak a blessing over this community as we walk in faith for this year. We honor you today. In his mighty name, amen? Amen. 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 Okay, before you go, do this act of faith, put it in the basket, and speak blessing. Amen. 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 Blessing.